Welcome. This is Lud Berings with a series of podcasts on leadership and all things related. For many of us, work is around 24-7. We can get to it each and every hour of the day and many of us do so. Why is it so hard to push back your chair and take time to think about things to come or about what you're actually doing? I know, lack of time. I would like to challenge that notion, but I'll get to that in a moment. If we're honest, we have to admit that desperately trying to join a raging world that makes us feel as if we're like consistently a little behind, more often than not. And it wears us out. Just look at the staggering numbers of people diagnosed with burnout or on some relaxing medication. And how often do you drive home at the end of the day thinking, I've been so busy, what have I been doing? You don't even remember what you spent your energy on. Some say, I, I just need a lot of action, deadlines, I'm just more productive. Well, to me that sounds more like an addiction to dopamine. Just look it up and you'll get why I'm saying this. Just today I read a profound reflection. It said, isn't it ironic that the economy comes to a halt because at the moment we're only buying what we really need? It's like the story of the businessman and the fisherman. You might know it. You're doing something wrong, says the businessman. Upset, the fisherman looks at him from under his hat or whatever and asks, what am I doing wrong? You should have two rods, the businessman said. The fisherman asks why and the businessman explains that with two rods he can increase his yield so he can sell it off to others. The fisherman looks surprised. Yes, and, and with the profits you can buy more rods and then perhaps a boat. You can supply multiple markets here in the area and perhaps across the country. In the end you become rich. And when I'm rich, then what? The fisherman asks. Well, but then you can finally do what you want to do. The businessman says triumphantly, I already do now, says the fisherman. Now take a moment and ask yourself why we're doing it all. Is it just for the fun? Great, be my guest. Does it bring you more than you put in? Great again, be my guest. But what if you're not really feeling well? What if the environment is toxic? What if you catch yourself dreaming about other things? Why do you still stay in there? In the pre-GPS era, we would stop before driving into an unknown area to take a brief look at the map. It didn't take much time. Instead, it would save you time later on. Believe me, I know because I often did not do it. If you don't know where you're going, well, it doesn't matter where you go, said the cat to Alice in Wonderland. And Seneca, the Roman philosopher, said, if one doesn't know to what port one is sailing, no wind is favorable. Now, what do we do when we have a lot of work in front of us? I mean, really a lot. You know you cannot escape it, but you also know it's temporary. I mean, um, one day it'll be over or, or less. Think of um, moving house or performance reviews at the end of the year. How do you deal with it? How does it make you feel? Generally, most people find these kinds of situations um, exciting, challenging, and yes, busy. You know it'll be all over and generally you can focus on it. You easily put a number of things aside because the job needs to be done. It's not too difficult to prioritize because there's a clear reason why some things have to wait. You've got good arguments and most people will understand. So what you do is you work harder, you put in more energy, you brace yourself and you move the mountain that you have to move, you just turn up a notch. 
there's a, usually a clear goal, a clear deadline, and you're ready for it. Now, that's, it's not that you necessarily want to do it. Sometimes you have to put your mind to it, but, but usually you can summon the courage. Because you, like I said, realize that it will be over soon, and that gives you a good feeling. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Things you work on are both important and urgent. But more about that in a second. The challenge here is, I would say, quantitative. It's about getting things done in time. Time is of the essence. And if it's temporary, it could be a great feeling, especially if we can relax and enjoy ourselves when we're done. It's just a good feeling. Actually, it means that we've done something that was, again, important to us and it was urgent. We need to celebrate that success. In summary, in these situations, we turn up a notch, we make our to-do lists, we delete items from our schedule that are less important, we, we organize things. And if we're not good at that, well, we need to read up on our time management lessons. Now, let me revisit urgent and important. Everyone is familiar with the concept from workshops or books or whatever. And let's start with urgent. I think in general, we can agree on the definition. About urgency, we hardly have to think. The people around us are very good in making it clear if something is urgent. We don't have to spend much of our precious brain power to decide if something is urgent. Usually, again, others will tell us. And if they don't, then probably it's still urgent. And that might free up a bit of our processing power to decide on importance. But how do you decide if something is important? When I ask it in workshops, I get answers like, mm, if a lot depends on it, or if my manager says it's important, or if someone else is dependent on it, or if I have promised, or if a lot of money is involved. The definition of important is more ambiguous for us than the definition of urgent. What helps me decide are two things. One, the important stuff tends to have an impact, while the urgent stuff just keeps me busy. So this is about impact versus busy. And the second thing I'm asking myself is, the important stuff doesn't go away by itself. Will this go away by itself? And on top of that, it's all in the small moments. We make these kind of decisions many times during a normal day. The small decisions and not, not the big, major, life-changing decisions. It's, it's all about, do I call now or later? Am I going to turn it on or off? Do I take a burger or a salad? Is it sugar or sweetener? Am I going to follow the clock here, the time? Or am I going to follow my compass, you know, where I want to go? Those are two different things. Am I going to, going to do this at home or in the office? Through email or IM or in person? So what is really important to us and how do we show that in our decisions? What do you do with the stuff that is important and urgent? Real life. If stuff is urgent and important, I think there's not much of a challenge. This stuff will just be on top of our to-do list. No need to decide. People don't have to remind us, we just know. Although, to be honest, it is the urgency that gets it on top of the list, much more than the importance. So what do we do with that stuff? It's important and urgent. Tight deadline. We do them, we do them now, or as soon as possible, and we will generally do them ourselves. Remember, they're urgent. No time for delegating. And when we're done, very important, we feel relieved. Phew, that was that. Done it. But what if you're feeling 
Well, actually, I don't feel that sense of relief anymore. Or I get tired at the thought of another supposedly important job with yet another impossible deadline. Then my guess is that your busyness is not temporary anymore. It's, it, it has become more structural. It's like doing the 800 meters and at the finish line, they're, they're not like cheering because you're there. They're actually cheering you on because it turned out not to be the 800 meters, but a marathon. I would hate that feeling. Maybe there's some clue to that feeling in, in things that are, yes, urgent, but not important. What do you do with those? Again, practice everyday life. And please don't say delegate, because I also read that book, and that's not what we do. Research shows we spend about 65 to 70% of our time doing stuff that is, yes, urgent, but not important. And why? It's the temptation. Those things are easy. They don't ask much of us in terms of energy or real drive. They're not too risky. Check mark and done. You know, I know people who put stuff in their to-do list they've already done just so they can check them off. That's not temptation, that's addiction. I'm always reminded of one of my teachers at hotel management school in Maastricht at the time, Mr. Vlasman. And we came to love his wine club. He was a wine teacher. There was always some wine to taste. And then he would open a bottle, pour a glass, and he observed the rules of the art, shook it a bit, looked at it, how it hung in the glass. He said something about the glycerin content and then stuck his nose deep in for the bouquet, shook the glass again for the oxygen, and then finally he took a sip. And we, we looked at him, and after he had swallowed it, he would give us his opinion. And one particular glass will always stick in my memory. He completed the entire procedure of opening the bottle, pouring, shaking, smelling, sipping, drinking, and eventually swallowing. I, now I come to think of it, I, I'm not even sure that I ever saw him spit it out, but that's aside. Well, for the dramatic effect, he waited a moment, and then he said solemnly, this wine is like a crimson bedroom, red velvet, canopies, shiny satin sheets and pillows. Very exciting. And then he put the glass on the table with a quick gesture, stepped back and he said, but easily forgotten. And that's exactly what's going on with urgent but unimportant stuff. They have a habit of popping up anywhere during a day. They're pleasant for a moment, but the feeling doesn't last. You easily forget and need a next fix, a next shot of dopamine. And then we drive home thinking, I've been so busy today, what have I actually done? Probably a lot of urgent but unimportant things, because if they had been important, you would have remembered them. Why do you think some people hate working from home? It's because they're easily distracted, easily distracted by urgent things, while work is important at that moment. Well, I hate to break it to you, but the same thing happens when you're at work, just in a better disguise. You may remember that moment, for instance, when you dig up an old email in some misty folder, that should have been done like four weeks ago. There was a tight deadline. It all comes back to you now. And you completely forgot about it. Funny, no one asked. Well, if you had not forgotten it, you would almost certainly have worked on it. You would have been doing something that seemed urgent at the time, but apparently it was not important because no one asked for it since. How often did you just miss an urgent message and when you finally do see it and respond... They already solved it without you. You would have worked on something urgent, but not really important. They could do it without you. 
Have you ever had an appointment with someone and they called you an hour in advance telling you that they couldn't come for some reason or another? What's the first thing you feel? Be honest, the first thing. It's like a teacher sick in school. Yes, an hour off. Now, what are you going to do in that hour? Exactly. Maybe some urgent stuff, but definitely unimportant. Okay, what are the options? The book, chapter one. We all know most of them. They're, they're not tricks. They're probably things you've done many times. The thing is, we should maybe do them a little bit more often. One, you can delegate. And you can delegate in any direction. Up, down, back, sideways. The second thing you can do is you can do them, but do them quickly. In other words, do not spend too much time on them. But help someone else a bit. Three, you can leave it. Leave it until someone asks for it. Be careful with this one, but it sometimes works. Four, you can discuss the supposed urgency. Too often we simply accept the deadline that we get. How often have you given someone else a deadline that was not really the true deadline? You just took some precaution. Of course you did. And you know, everybody does. The problem is that everybody knows that everybody's doing it. And that's why deadlines are so often not met. But seriously, talk about it. Very often helps. Option number five, you could say no. In workshops, this is often when someone asks, that's hard, can't you teach me? No, I can't. And here's why. Anyone can do it. Anyone can say no. It's not a special skill. Two, nobody likes working in a no culture. Most successful companies were not built by people that were good at saying no. They were most certainly built by people that were good at saying yes. And then another reason, if you have trouble saying no, you actually have trouble saying yes. If you want something and find it is important enough, it will be easier to say no to anything that gets in your way. It's that simple. So the real skill is not saying no, it is saying yes. There is this exercise I do in, in workshops. It asks people to list the stuff they do and to estimate how much time they spend on them and, of course, where they would like to make changes. Now, if you ask people in sales, 99% of them say they want to spend more time with clients. But internal meetings, stuff to fill out, they keep them in the office for too long. And once I said to a group, I've had it. Uh, just get out your laptop, open it up and show me your schedule for next month. Now I've been in sales. I know there's not much customer FaceTime planned yet so far ahead. Some recurring meetings, but not much else. So they did as I asked, showed me their screens and I was right. I said, okay, guys, we'll take a break now. And for the next 45 minutes, you're going you're gonna to go out there and call some clients or prospects, make some appointments for next month. It rapidly turned into a competition in the group. Anyway, after 45 minutes, I called them back in and asked for their screens again. They were nearly full. They had actually done the work. Now, I pointed at one of them and I said I was going to send them an invite for an internal meeting on a certain Tuesday. I pointed at the day, it was full of customer meetings, and I asked him what he was going to reply. He looked at the date and he said, I'll decline. So I asked him why. He said, well, I, I have customer meetings. And there we had it. Say yes to something important first, and the no, the less important stuff, it comes much easier. Now let's move on. Again, everyday life. What do you do with important stuff that is not urgent? Important stuff that is not urgent, right? We postpone them, like a lot of others. We're only human. And until when? 
right again until they become urgent. And then we suddenly start doing them because now they also have become urgent. So we begin to work hard, shift things in our schedule, compromise, shout busy, 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 and spend much energy in order to finally, when you finish just in time, finally to lean back tired but relieved. Explain that to your partner, your children, your friends, and to yourself. The quality of our life and our work is in the important but not urgent matters. All the things important to us before they get urgent. I mean activities like, like preparation. Everyone knows that a meeting that you've prepared gets you more results, so it's important to do it. But oh well, it's not urgent because, you know, nobody does it. You'll get away with it. How much time is not totally wasted in unprepared meetings? Well, wasted, we just transform them into joint email sessions. Preparation gives peace of mind. It makes for better discussions and, 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 and decisions. It's quality. It's important. But it's not urgent. Another example, investing in people and relationships. You know, everyone in an organization knows how to find you when they need you. But how many of them know how to find you before they need you? And how, how good are you at that? When did you last email or call old friends or relations? Just to know how they're doing. An account manager in a large company told me that her job was to solve customer problems on site. And she had a problem, she said, with communicating with difficult customers. But it soon became clear how things really were. She said, my client relationships are not great. It looks as if they associate my face with problems. If I visit them, there's always something going on, a problem, and that's why I'm there. I have to solve the issue. She said she wanted some good communication coaching in dealing with difficult customers. And when I asked her if she ever took the trouble to visit customers just to maintain the relationship, you know, investing, just to chat or talk about business in general, she said, I have no time for that. Well, I said that maybe the coaching should be about how to get your priorities straight. But there's more important but not urgent coaching. Coaching your people. Coaching is not urgent. Team members will usually not ask you for coaching now. They will not leave your team because they've not been coached yesterday. But they might leave because you've not been coaching them over the last three years. Again, it's not urgent, but it's certainly important. Even so, you can see many leaders dive into their mailbox filled with more urgent matters. Coaching is important, but not urgent. And then, last but not least, your private life. Your private life does not get urgent. If it gets anything, it gets too late. How important is it to occasionally take your children to the zoo so they can see that an elephant is actually gray instead of green or yellow as they see it in some children's books? And how urgent is it? Some time ago, I asked the same question to an international leadership team. And a guy from England said, Philip, um, that I had touched a chord and that he would indeed go with his children to the London Zoo the, the next weekend. Fine. So far, nothing wrong. But just one moment later, the incident dramatically made clear what I meant. Because one of his colleagues turned over to him and said, Philip, by the way, how old are your children? And he actually was silent for a second. He, he went pale and he whispered 16 and 18. And then he continued, um, using some of his British humor to save face, and he said, I suddenly realized they're going to take me to the zoo in a couple of years. About postponing the important stuff in our lives, over the years I've heard all the statements. 
in a few years when the children have grown up or no, when it's not that busy at the company or um, when the mortgage has been paid off or after my retirement when I have all the time to myself. We save the champagne for a special occasion and do not realize that the occasion becomes special the minute we open the bottle. And then the last quadrant, where stuff is both not urgent and not important. Why should we sometimes do them anyway? Well, John Lennon had something to say about that. He said, time you enjoy wasting is not wasted. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it.